Here we are 12 rows back. Footy from the fans' perspective from two blokes that know what they're talking about. Round two, done and dusted. The reigning Premier is zero and two. The reigning Wooden Spooner is two and zip. We are in a topsy-turvy world. That hasn't happened for 20 years. As I welcome Seb, what a round. Yeah, very exciting, Tom. Great to be here. Uh, it's very interesting you said that because I can tell you there's a there's a YouTuber by the name of Swoop Luke who covers a lot of Collingwood stuff. Um, and he had a response to one of his tweets earlier in the round and he... Um, Tweeted out it was he was enjoying the fact Geelong were zero and two right, so I, I immediately thought of you when I saw this tweet and he's had thanks for that of all the people who've responded he's had Jake Carlisle respond Jeez, saying oh, you know you really know about footy given how you never played the game that was Jeez. the comment Jakey fired off um, just reminded me of that when you said we know what we're talking about and. Ex footballers clearly think we don't, but uh, oh, Jake, if, if you do want to comment on an account, we've got one too. So jump on and give us your two cents. We'll have him on. Uh, yeah, some, somehow I don't know if you'd want him on in that sort of state. I, I get the feeling he was uh, a little, yeah. little grumpy at us or I, our section of the media. I just think he might have had a big Friday night or Thursday <laughs> night or big week, or yeah, I, I don't know how to. How long it might have been, but um, no, it was it was just funny that he he took the time out to respond, and then, you know, Swoop Luke knows it's it's all a bit of fun. He's just enjoying it. Collingwood's time will come with a loss, but uh, no, it was a very very exciting round of footy. Not short of controversies, but um, yeah. Well, we said last week we've never had an episode where both uh, North Melbourne and St Kilda have won, and I think you threw in Geelong losing, so. Yeah, we've, we've had back to back. two, and I don't think we've ever had an episode where we're both in the top eight. That I yeah, can say with great confidence. It was uh, it was looking good for us when uh, I think we were we were first, and you were second or third, like last night. But obviously, Sydney Sydney have jumped up there, and uh, the Bombers have jumped as well. But it it is rare, Seb, that we're sitting in that rarefied top eight air. It feels good. It does, and I, I can, I'm getting used to it, and I don't really want it to go away. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's really great. We've got uh, got Hawthorne this weekend. Who? Jeez, you're thinking three and zip. You the lid's off. I've, I haven't seen you this happy on this show ever. The last, well, this is season four for us, and look, it hasn't been the best era of Ruse footy. But three and zip, and what September? Beckoning. Well, it's not often you get a week three bye, Tom. It's not often you get a week. They're a genuine VFL side. Like, if you watched any of those games, um, yeah, genuine VFL. But that's not specifically what we're here to talk about. Everyone's going to start to sink the boots into Hawthorne. Just remember, my boots have been in for 12 months. That's a um, fact, actually. But you'd have to go all the way back to Thursday. Carlton got a chance to beat Geelong, took it. Tried to sort of give it away, but stood up tall and uh, very exciting win. The Blues are still technically undefeated, haven't lost. Yeah, I'm sure any Blues fan will tell you that fact. And then Brisbane and Melbourne did their best rendition of the old 96 uh, so, uh, lights going out at Waverley Park. They gave it a crack up there at the Gabba. So we'll get into that. That was uh, that, that was a farce. It, I fully agree. Absolutely. There were that farce. many blokes talking on phones with, you know, media passes or ground passes around their neck. I don't know what who they were talking to or what. It it screamed I'm I've got to be busy here. This is this is my role. But it it was yeah, farcical scenes. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how it happens in this day and age, but it did and then uh it uh Melbourne sort of really took the advantage, didn't they? Oh, Brisbane put the cue in the rack. They they almost they probably wanted that extra two minutes because I think if it went to forty, the game's score was to stay as it was. So they they cut it fine, and then yeah, they basically called it a night. And the D's threatened to come back, and that would have been a stunning comeback because they were well outplayed on the night. Uh, and you'd be spewing if you're Brizzy. There was percentage gone begging. Yeah, and they've got a stiff percentage in Melbourne. The opposite, they sort of salvaged something out of the night. Um, given it was pretty gallant in a lot of ways. Given Max Gorn went down very early, Stephen Mayer laid out. Um, you're talking about important players. You got Tom Stewart at Geelong, those two at Melbourne. Um, there aren't too many more more important than those three names in terms of premiership sides. So 
Yeah, I'll, as a little sidebar there, Seb, for for those playing at home, you've just named my one and two picks in my Super Coach draft, Gorn and Stewart. I'm, my team's reeling. Uh, didn't like seeing Big Maxi go. He left a big hole, but as we'll get to later on, Grundy a fair replacement there. But Stewart's massive as well. So yeah, you you're right there. A couple of big names and the big premiership chances. And then we we had what we thought was going to be a real clash Saturday afternoon, and Collingwood wiped the floor with Port Adelaide. Absolutely he didn't, didn't see that score one. I thought Port had a chance to make a statement there and they just they just fizzled. It's the same old Port Adelaide. They play anyone decent. Now you had missing. Collingwood in the eight at the start of the year, did you? Uh just just within touching distance. It, it is early. It is early, but it that that call that call might hurt me. Premiership favourites, Tom. I had them sixth, which it looks like it's gonna to be too low. Um but early days. Early days, uh, but they're they're certainly playing the best, most exciting round of footy we've got across the competition. Um, and yeah, where do you want to start? You you got some winners and losers. Yeah, well, before we we get in, I do have to give a uh, a, a shout out to uh, my brother Sammy and and his now wife Holly. They got married yesterday out at uh, Foster in South Gippsland. Amazing day, uh, awesome night. Uh, it was pretty funny seeing the Saints scores spreading around the wedding. And uh, when the final siren went, we did sing it on the dance floor, which is some pretty special vision. A uh, lot of Saints fans on both sides of the family there. So the the whole wedding went up as one. It, it was great scenes, but a great day for Sammy and Holly. So I'll give them a, a, a shout out on the podcast for this week. Congrats. Yeah, I my invite just got lost in the mail there, did it? I, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't aware. Um, but that's all right. No, well done, Sam and Holly. It's uh, very exciting. Um, if you need any uh, marriage tips, we've got you covered, um, but that might yeah. be a separate podcast. Yeah. Um, Jeez, we're going to delve into that. I don't mind it. A little offshoot. Uh, winners and losers. Yep. So they're, they're, they're big winners on the weekend. Um, but by extension, you're obviously calling the Saints big winners on the weekend. Well, I've got I've got to go. I'm, I'm feeling that we've mentioned them way too late into the podcast, Seb. I'm not comfortable usually mentioning them this late. I usually sneak them in the first minute, but no, it's massive. We... I mean, the injuries continue. We've lost Jackie Steele for at least a month, so there's another one. But we just found a way to grind the dogs out. I mean, they've threatened in the second uh, second not, quarter. But... Um, it's not Jack Steele transitioning or anything, is it? Jackie Steele? <laughs> just just my mate Jack. A nah, little nickname for the Saints fans out there. But you've got to give us a point. Sarah. I did. I didn't see us beating the dogs. We've been Frio and and yeah, the Bulldogs, two top eight sides from last year with with really a a thin, thinner list to play for, especially forward of the ball. And we're just finding uh, the Ross line ways are, are gelling at the moment. So, no, I've got to have us as big winners. I'd, I actually yeah, didn't think we'd beat the dogs. So they they surprised even me, Seb. And, you know, I've uh, got one of the more biased views about the, the mighty Saints. So, uh, yeah, took me by surprise. I've got to go winners off the top. But thank you for the airtime for the Saints. I know uh, it, it's it's a struggle sometimes to keep me quiet on it, but I'm pumped after that one, Seb. That was a great win. Yep. No, well, look, let's be fair. I'm not really trying to keep you quiet if I'm throwing them back in there. Um, I guess the other 2-0 and o teams, Sydney, North, Essendon, uh, is that Colling- Collingwood, all, all teams that are now two wins, zero losses. Um, doesn't matter who you play, where you play, what you play. If you get two wins out of two, that's a good start. Um, What's banking the wins? That's what we always say. You've just got to bank them. Yeah. Um, they're... Uh, all, let me start. There. I'm going to have to go and edit this bit, Tom. Um, all teams are setting themselves up for something. Sydney's percentage, 232. That's obnoxious. North that Melbourne, 10309. Uh, <laughs> just getting their noses in front. But uh, you can look. When and people still had us pegged this year. Like I watched a whole year of footy last year, Tom. We had two wins after twenty three rounds. Well, we've had two rounds and we've got two wins. Um, so suddenly that five or six wins I thought we might get, we might be able to bump up to seven or eight. But um, you know, we've just played Freo over there in the heat. You got to come back and play Hawthorne. They might be a bit weary. Our captain looks like he'll miss a game, co-captain. Um, well, well, you flipped here because you were saying this was a buy. So now you're saying it was a tough encounter out west and you're sort of hedging your bets there, Seb. No. Deck out on the line. How much are you going to win by? 
No, on paper, on paper the Hawks are a buy. Um, every team should be doing that. But we're a young, we're still a young side. We'll be up and down through the year. And the trip back from Perth, playing in thirty degree heat without a captain, uh, just makes it tough. I still think we'll get the job done because the oh, good. Yes, so the percentage on that. is forty two point one. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, do you have the Cats as a big loser, or are you not worried about it? No, yeah, I I did enjoy that. Well, I'll get to Carlton because I reckon they're a winner for me, but I think the Cats will be fine, just as we always, it always seems to happen to them. Their next three are Hawthorne, West Coast, and the Sun. So just when you think the Cats are down, they get a nice cushy run and, and they'll be back. Plus, I don't think they care about results at this stage of the year. It'll be the back half once it gets to those depths of winter. They get on a roll. They get all those cushy home games against interstate teams down the highway, and they'll be back. I'm not worried. I mean, yeah, it's it's early, so it, this is a time of the year where I'll give the cats a a pass for losing a couple on the trot, which doesn't happen that often. Uh, you know, if they were doing this in August, I would be, but I think you know they're just biding their time, getting themselves cherry ripe. They know how this is done. Yeah, you really don't often give them a pass like that. Um... <laughs> it, yeah, well, I'm you know banking some niceties to the cats so I can. So I mean, if they go zero and three, if they don't win any of this next this next patch, I will sink the boots fully in because they're playing the bottom the bottom sides. So they've got a cushy run coming up. Yep. So they're the first um, AFL reigning premier to start a season. Oh, and two sits Hawthorne of two thousand and eight oh nine. Um, yeah, other teams go. to do it, Sydney 06, North 2000, and then you have to go back to the 70s for the most recent team. So that's obviously now VFL, not AFL. Um, last team to win the flag from 0-2. Do you know who it is, Tom? Well, wasn't the Ruse in... Uh, no, actually. 99. No. Yeah, 99. There you go. Yep. Jeez, that's that's one... I knew you'd probably have that stat ready to go pre-show, but that is a nice nice one. That That's a while ago, though. It, yeah, it is. It is. It's... um. <laughs> that wasn't a little ago. clip at the at the at the ruse and your premiership drought because I'm in no position to talk about premiership droughts, but that that's a long time between drinks for that to happen zero and two and saluting. So that's all right. I'm I'm going to give you a clip shortly about that. So um, I've got one in the up, up the one in the chamber. Um, um, no, but you have to give the Blues a shout out. That that was a a huge win for them. So. We'll be honest. I mean, three quarter time they look cozy, and you're like, they'll get the job done here. But as as they seem to do in those close ones, they they find a way to lose games that they should well and truly wrap up. So I think it was a bit of a mental milestone for them, and a and a huge one just to hold on there, guts it out, get the four points, beat a real good team on a bigger stage, and and do it with yeah, Charlie Kerno just going bang bang bang. How good was that, Kerno versus Cameron? Just Goal after goal, what did they kick? Eleven between them. It was probably as close as we'll get to you know those nineties glories days. We're not going to get full forwards kicking eight and ten each like they did back then, but it's probably as good as we'll get. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, well, you got two key forwards like that for both sides. Um, Hawkins is obviously hurt. Um, yeah, lack of preseason. In the showing, opening minutes, lack of preseason. He wasn't doing much late last year either. You know with that toe. So. Um, but you've got last four Coleman medalists taking the field together. You've got each side's got a Brownlow medalist running around. You've got the stars everywhere in that game, and it shows why you need those key forwards. Um, I, I know I've watched games on the weekend, and if the teams had key forwards, it would make the outcome either more in their favour or allow them to get over the line late in games because there's a team out west in, in Frio that are yeah. looking for one desperately and may well have paid the wrong man in Luke Jackson. And, and North, like North, couldn't close that out. Um, did you know Essendon's the, the player on Essendon's list today in, in their twenty three who'd kicked the most career goals was actually Dylan Sheil. Jeez, like is that that's, true? That, yeah, that's true. They still won the game. I'm not taking anything away from anyone, but they didn't really have any recognised goal kickers. And obviously oh, yeah. Langford stepped up and 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 kicked the bag. Um, but there's just this is why they're so hard to find and and. Sorry, they're hard to find. They're getting paid the big bucks, and that's why De Koning from Carlton's going to get offered money because he's a big bloke and get around the ground. But um, even Harry Mackay didn't hit the scoreboard, but was clunking them late and allowed them to close the game out, which was which was huge. Um, I still have Jeremy Cameron as the best player in the game. 
I think he's got that mantle, don't you? Where would the Cats be without him? Seriously, he is a one-man show for them at the moment. He, he the Coleman Medal. I, I do have a question for you later about the Coleman Medal, but you'd think well, if he can if he can maintain this, he'll be on track for for pushing that. I know you've got a bloke in mind that wears. I was just uh, going to say the answer's not Nick Larkey, is it? Who's leading the Coleman? He is. Uh, continued his run. What's he on ten? So I, I've got a question for you about that later on, but. No, Jez are up and about as he is now, kicking goals from all over the ground. Anything sort of within 55 is a chance. So, yeah, he, he sort of kept them in the last couple, to be fair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, just they need to get on their bike because you can't fall in a hole and then get the home prelim. That's really what it's all about. Um, the other the other one for me, Tom, um, big loser was the Dogs. Yeah. They're the first, where is this stat? The first team to make finals and then the following year lose both games by over 50 points in about 24 years. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, yeah, I've caught up on the replay uh, of last night and they just, they just fell away badly. Um, I don't know where you can peg it because. I mean, you, you, I guess you look as bad as your last game, and the, these losses look bad. But you can poke holes everywhere. I mean, they, they've lost that that depth that they really had in the midfield. Hunter and Dunkley are underrated losses for them. You know, they come in to a centre bounce with Bont and McRae, although they rarely have a rest when they do. And you're still you're still pretty confident in your in your mids there. But they've lost that, so it goes down to the next tier, and the next tier obviously isn't at that level. They're still, you know, working out all the, all these tall forwards as a mix, and I mean, their their defense is it's just not getting the job done. I mean, ah, uh, yeah, we're 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 no uh, we're not flying the flag for the best forward line in the comp, but they couldn't shut us down, Seb. So I mean, what what's going to happen yeah. when they play a Carlton or a Geelong? Really, yeah, it was really more talking about the dogs and the Saints there, Tom. But um, <laughs> bad habits. They're in all sorts. They have these sort of key forwards that are just not sure what's going on. Um, don't really have a defence. And I don't think Bevo really knows what the plan is and where they're going. And they don't have an identity. Their identity is their midfield just gets it 50,000 times and then we bomb it long. But it yeah. doesn't. The good teams eat that up and just take care of it. That's what Melbourne did last week. Um, Ross Lyons' defense at the St Kilda, obviously that's his calling. It just did that this week, um, and yeah, they're, they're in a world of hurt. They are. Do you, is it harsh to say that are they? I mean, they're not rebuilding, but they are. You know, retooling on the run, whatever you want to call it. Like they've but got no, some... They're not doing anything. They played in the grand final in twenty one. They dropped off last year, and like every other club, they're adding pieces to their list to try and get better. You can't actively be like rebuilding is pulling guys out and trading them out to get like things in for the future. Retooling is specifically getting players with currency and moving them on. They ain't done any of that. They lost Josh Dunkley. He really wanted to get out. Um, they they players they brought in. They brought in Rory Lobb, who's a ruckman slash forward. They didn't really need Rory Lobb if you've got Norton. Oogle Hagen and Darcy. You play yeah. Norton and Tim English, and then you've got key defenders somewhere. Like you're too top heavy. So I don't think they really know what they're doing. But you, I couldn't give them any credit for rebuilding or retooling. They're they're bringing guys in to try and figure out what the hell's going on, and I don't know what it is. I can't work it out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, look, I'm with you. They they were a massive loser, and it doesn't get any easier for them. They've got the Lions this week, so. Staring down the barrel, you, I mean, we saw it with Port Adelaide last year. You don't want to be, well, you don't want to be zero and five, but you definitely don't want to be zero and three. That one is at Marvel, but I mean, who knows with the dogs at the moment? Who have they got after that? They've got uh, Richmond at the G, Tom. Richmond at the G. Into... Port Adelaide over there, Freo yeah. over there. Jesus, yeah, this this could oh, get really ugly. Round quick. seven, they've got Hawthorne. <laughs> Yeah, so look, it, it, it's look, it's looking sour. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. It, I mean, it's no man's landish, which I would know about. So, yeah, they're they're a massive loser. The other one, though, Seb, I've got you know we, we've 
well, we've talked up the ruse without, I guess, going into that game. But Frio's got to be a massive loser here. This this was a gimme. I know there's not too many gimmies in the modern game, but, you know, a young Ruse side cruising off a nice win, but they're back at home on a Saturday night playing at the stadium they love. You you would have been brave to have tipped the Ruse in this one. I don't know. Did you tip them in your work tipping? No. no yeah, no so you couldn't have tipped them. Didn't tip them, didn't think we were value. Like Freo were $1. twenty, and I'm thinking – that's twenty percent interest. Like they're they're, yeah. they're not going to lose this. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't obviously nibble. Um, yeah, no, I was. I was shocked. I was stunned. Um, last time we played them, we kicked three goals for the game. We kicked four in the opening term to their none. Uh, they pegged a couple back late, but um, look, we led start to finish. Siren a siren, um, which is just astounding. I, I had them pegged as, as with big things this year. They're in a world of hurt and going to struggle to make the eight at the rate they're going. Um, and they're putting lines through teams. I love it. So, yeah, they're in trouble, you reckon? Yeah, they can still make it. Don't get me wrong. But part of them making it, and a big part of them going top four for me was you get 12 games at home, 11, and then the away game against West Coast. They should beat West Coast twice, so... There's two. Yep, that's two. Of the remaining 10, they should get eight, nine. Yeah. Give which or take is yeah, 10 to 11 wins, right? One of them's north in round two. When we play West Coast at home, big chance in that. Go all out in that. We play Hawthorne in round three, big chance in that. Go all out in that. Travel over to Perth, take it easy. But we went over there with a purpose, and Frio just, like, ironically, they kept kicking along to their ex- fullback Griffin Logue. They didn't play back. They played him back and forward and everywhere else. And he just kept marking everything, um, which they would have probably hated over there. But they need forwards. They need yeah. forwards. They sub Matty Tabner out for the second week in a row. Fife didn't play. He's going to miss a couple. Um, Andy Brayshaw's amazing. His, his work rate and his hunger and, and effort is just it's second to none. Um, but Luke Jackson and, and Sean D- I. I I thought they could recruit Luke Jackson and, and turn him into something and make something of it, but he plays the same position as Sean Darcy, and they're both ruckmen that – well, Sean Darcy in particular, he needs to ruck 90% of the game. He's not a forward. Yeah. And you can rest him forward, but they're trying to use one of them as a makeshift forward. Um, and Luke Jackson, I don't know if he went and saw a movie in the afternoon or whatever, but he had Butterfingers. Like been eating popcorn all afternoon. He couldn't catch a thing. He dropped chest marks, Tom. Like chest well, it's marks. Slippery. Was it a slippery night or is it he just was, it was 30 he... degrees and it was played at um played at 5 p.m. local. So, you know, it's not as though it was dewy eight o'clock game. Yeah. Um the other players were not dropping marks like that. He he just I don't know, he might need some time to get his legs under him. He's probably playing a very different role to what he was at Melbourne, being the, the number two to Gorn. Um but they haven't worked it out yet, Freo. Um, they had a spark when Sonny Walters came on as a sub, but they have not yet worked out that forward line mix. Their defence was was okay, held up relatively well. Um, you know, it's not like it was a big scores kicked in the game, but yeah, I, I JL Justin Longmuir, I was about to call him Justin Langer. Um, Justin <laughs> yeah, Longmuir needs nice to uh, needs to work it out over there. That the forward line is is not functioning and. Can't win games of footy if you're not kicking goals, Tom. Yeah. So they, look, yeah. I mean, they get the Eagles this week, but they're they're just yeah they're coming no back to zero two. Yeah, no certainty. I mean, yeah, it's a derby, derby, whatever you want to call it over there. The, yeah, they're they're a massive loser, just given the raps we had on them as well coming in. So, I mean, again, they're a bit like the Cats. They're lucky it's this early in the year, but I think you know a few of those good credits that they earned last year, and they earned more than a few. They're just letting them slip early here. I thought they'd be two and zip at this point of the year. So, yep. Oh, well, well that's, off the pace. As part of my ladder prediction, it was two and zip. Yeah. There was no chance St Kilda beat them, given you have no forward line. That's and it. And there was no chance North travel over and beat them. But here we are. That's why we love the game. Exactly. Uh, another loser I've I've got to throw into the mix. And for some reason, they come up an awful lot on this show for a team that's not super relevant in the comp. But just a quick clip of the Suns. I mean, I know down at Marvel isn't yeah. their isn't their bread and butter game, but they. I mean, here we are again. They're zero and two. The season's looking tough for them. I mean, are they making finals? I don't know. It's just no, they won't yeah, make so, the finals. Stewie Jew's out. Like yeah. they're going to have a new coach. 
Um, all the Victorian teams are just lining up to go, which players do we want next year, the year after? Yeah. Like, that's what they're doing, and unfortunately, that's the reality of it. Um, the, the biggest positive for the Suns is the participa- participation rates for the junior footy and, and under-19s and 15s and all that up there is growing, and that's that's really what they're there for um, because as they're currently constructed, they're not there to win games of footy. <laughs> you are really on song tonight and hitting those marks. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, f- fully with you. Uh, it's just it's just a bit listless. Um, you know that that forward line that we loved. You weren't sure of my comments on it, but having Ben King in has changed the mix there. I think Chol got subbed out today, and they brought on a small. So um, did Chol play? I'm pretty sure he was out there. Was he? Yeah, he's subbed have to out. This up, Tom. Yeah. No, no, so he was uh, subbed out, I believe. Now you've got me running into the uh, the stat sheet. But, yeah, they just couldn't get the couldn't quite get the mix right. Maybe he wasn't subbed out. Maybe he went out pre-game. Um, he, he, no, he was dropped, Tom. Dropped. There you go. So, I've, look, I've I've misread it there. Um, you, um, you, but he, this, is, this might be why your super coach is struggling. You've got to stay on top of this stuff, mate. I'm telling you. Big week, big, Can't be uh, worried about weekend. weddings, mate. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta focus on what's important. Uh, no, so Marbio Chol was dropped, and it was stunning because yeah. he's kicked the goal in just about every game last year, and they brought Levi Casbold in. Um, and yet, look, I thought the Bombers were a bit vulnerable, in the same sense. Even if North were playing Freo at home, North Essendon unexpected wins in a lot of what ways in round one. Essendon beat Hawthorne, all right, give them that, but. Had their tails up coming into round two. It's a danger. You're not expected to have a great year in a lot of ways. You get your tails up. That's when you drop your, your guard and the other team comes in and beats you. And I thought, yep, the Suns got their colours lowered against Sydney. They're coming in. They could beat Essendon. I don't know how good Essendon are. I think the Suns are a better side just as is on paper. But Essendon, clearly better coached, better drilled. And... They were too good today. It was a bit of a seesawing one, but credit to Essendon for getting that job done because it's one when they've been challenged in the past, they could easily drop away. Um, but they they stuck it out and, and had a had a pretty good win to get themselves two and zero. But yeah, this, the Suns are just the irrelevant football team. Um, yeah, I, I dare any of their fans to email in twelve rows back at gmail.com or DM me. Like I dare you. Like you know, it's it's a, just a a boat of irrelevancy. I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Well, until we're proven wrong, you can say that. So steer into it. Uh, I believe you want to get into uh, something we've got here, Seb, the Premiership Pyramid. What are you yeah, thinking there? Little, little new segment, Tom, the Premiership Pyramid. So there's really only about three teams, three or four teams that can win the flag every year. Like let's say, let's call a spade a spade. Everyone thinks because the dogs fluked one from seventh that, you know, any team can do it. But really there's, there's, really four. So the premiership pyramid is is my new thing for sort of I like it. Telling you who's in and who's not. And it's not wins and losses. It's not ladder based. It's all gut based. It's all um subjective. There is a there is a committee. This is not just me. I am discussing this with others to sort of work out the balance. So oh, good. you can fire in Casting questions a wide net. to the committee. Um but on the, the bottom rung, we've got Carlton, Brisbane and Sydney. So they're sort of around the mark. They're they're floating in. One of them could take the leap into that premiership sort of window, um, but they're they're sort of sitting at the moment as as just that tier below. Yep. Uh, going up a level, so you can see how the pyramid's building. Yeah. Tom, there's only two teams here. <laughs> Thank you for that one. And these are the the two that w- we think are going to be the big threats in Melbourne and Geelong. Obviously, both lost on the weekend. Injuries are not being kind to them, and we said preseason that injuries were the one big thing that they needed to avoid. So health was their biggest enemy in a lot of ways, and so far it's it's come come to bite them. And sitting on top, there's no surprise for guessing here, but Collingwood are the favourites for the flag, deservedly. Um, they showed a lot of heart and fight last year, and they have come out with a bang earlier this year. My biggest question for them, can you sustain it all year? And you don't have one of those big key forwards that sometimes you need in a final. And Mason did it in 2018. I've been reminded that if not for that, Richmond might have won four. But I don't know if he's going to have it consistently 
and that's sort of one of the big things you need. So they're certainly the premiership favourites and, and playing a pretty exciting brand of footy, Tom, and they're on top of the pyramid. I like it, Seb, because like, I'm, I'm trying to write down mine now and I'm struggling to actually get that pyramid shape because I think Melbourne and Geelong are definitely up the top of there. I, I probably would have Collingwood a rung down, but maybe I've, I, I need to give them some more leeway because I've been harsh to them all year. I'm with you on Sydney and Brisbane. Can't quite put them any higher, can you? Just given what we know and and what they've done in done in the past. I know obviously it's a new season, but you know, letting game uh, Sydney. We don't know how they're bouncing back from the from the uh, the granny loss. Obviously, they've had a couple of live kills early just to kick the well, year that's off. That's the thing. Sydney have got Hawthorne, so their percentage is just inflated. We've got to wait for everyone to play Hawthorne before we can really see where the dust settles on that. Um, <laughs> and then Brisbane, yeah. Like I mean. <laughs> If they they confuse me the lines because obviously the shocking loss in round one they come out and beat the D's on their home deck but it, it just feels with me if their midfield doesn't have a good day they struggle I know we we can sink the boots into their forwards and Hipwood and Danaher being inconsistent but it really comes down to their mids helping those forwards out if they're cold they're super cold the line so I, yeah I couldn't have them any higher so look I like it Seb this is a good new segment are you going to Update us as we go all throughout year, the year. All year, Tom. There'll be changes every week. Teams in and out. Um, but we'll, yeah. How will Collingwood go? The 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 that last year they were the hunter. This year they're going to be the hunted. Yeah, it's their a different fa- mindset fans for them. Chirped isn't it? on about it all year. Uh, teams are ready for them and going to come out for them. Um, which adds a little bit more credit to their performance on the weekend against against the power because. The power came over for a kill, and they got sent home with their tail between their legs, over well, to a few ice baths. Well and truly, and a massive, massive crowd. So they're they're definitely out of the uh, the woodwork there. The pies, don't worry about that. There was plenty there at the G. I think it was the biggest home and away crowd the power have ever played in front of. Yeah, it was sixty thousand, which yeah. is which is Huge fair, you know, Saturday when you're playing the interstate side. Awesome. Well, I've got, uh, I didn't mind it from last week, the overreaction, underreaction. Uh, I've got a few that I can flip your way, Seb. I'm interested in your take. We haven't talked about this yet, but the Ruse Freo finish, was that a deliberate free kick missed or was that well played from the umps, brave decision in front of a hostile crowd? What did you make of that? Because I know you would have been, if you weren't on the edge of your couch, you would have been up out of your seat hoping to have the right uh, call there for the ruse. Yeah, so this is very contentious, um, and I'll put some thought into it. It was insufficient intent, not deliberate, insufficient intent, as the rule is now called. Um, They missed a couple, but were generally paying it. They paid one about 20 seconds earlier. They were going to pay it. Um, The ruling on the field is it's very different to when you're kicking for goal. Because that ball could bounce through the goals, it would be considered live. The ball's got to be you out of love, bounds. You love that part of the ruling, anyway. Sorry, well, the, keep going. The, I'm going to get to I'm going to get to what the ruling should be, but let's let's go through what the ruling is. So, and and this is bizarre, but this is how it played out. The ball's bounce. The ball's been kicked. There's zero seconds on the clock while it's in the air, but the clock goes from one second to. And it will show zero when I believe it's 0.999. It will just be zero seconds. So in theory, there's still up most of the second left. Ball's kicked. It is a mung kick from, from a player named Howe, who I'll be honest, Tom, didn't know he was on our list. Didn't know he was on our list. <laughs> not did not know through. where he popped up. Um, but yeah, anyway, he's, he's at a mung kick. The umpires are saying, pay it, pay it, pay it. So they were going to pay insufficient intent. There's no question in anyone's mind they were going to pay it. Everyone's saying, well, once they've made the decision to pay it, it should be paid at that point, which was before the siren. But it can't be paid until the ball goes out of bounds. And if it took a turn inboard, which it really could have, it's not a free kick. So they can't pay it till the ball's actually over the line. And it can't be decided that his insufficient intent was when he kicked it because the ball's actually got to go out for it to be insufficient intent. He can't... He could have no intent to keep it in play, but if it actually stayed in play, it's not a free kick. So you need both parts of that equation to pay the free kick. Now, in the vision that's now come out from the arc, which is the same vision that was on Fox and KO, so not really doing much the arc, but um, on the vision that's come out, you hear the siren a little bit quicker. 
And so the talk through the umpires is pay it back. No, siren, siren's gone. And the thing is, the ball's not out of bounds, so the umpire signals it's out of bounds. So the umpire was going to signal it was out of bounds, but he hadn't yet signaled. And that's the boundary umpire I'm talking about. So if he hasn't signaled it's out of bounds and they hear the siren, they call time. So as far as all that goes, they the AFL are in a position for them to say it was correct. And that's what they came out this morning and did. So technically, letter of the law, it's correct. To me, it felt like it was a free kick because you heard the siren after the ball went out of bounds. And I understand the Frio frustration. Um, mind you, north of lead siren is siren. So like, get in front earlier would be my general suggestion. But the rule, Tom, they just need to overhaul this and just change it now. Don't wait till the end of the year. Change it now. Make this a reviewable play because we love to review shots on goal. And, and we can talk about a review earlier in this game where Frio kicked the goal, but the field umpire hadn't spoken with the goal umpire and realized they needed a review because it was actually juggled over the line. But make that reviewable because you're not slowing down the game because the game's finished. It's either finished with a free kick or finished with nothing. So why not take the minute to review it because you're not holding anyone up at that point, whereas if you review the points, you hold everything up. So review it. Change this garbage rule that it's when the umpires call time or call it out of bounds or call end of the game when they hear the siren, just make it when that clock hits zero, the siren will ring and that's reviewable. Like in the NBA, they review whether the ball's left the hand and they frame frame by frame and you see the ball. Yep. 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 Now it's left. All right. Has the buzzer gone off? No, then it's, then it's fair. And then it takes this confusion out of the game. Um, No team feels robbed or cheated. And we know exactly whether the ball was or wasn't out at the time the siren went. And then, the free kick can be paid or not paid. And then you don't have it come up in a grand final. It, it's pretty simple to me that that should just be reviewable where needed. Yeah, geez, that that, that was thorough. I, I'm fully with you on 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 the ruling. That that's that's how I read the situ- situation as well. Look, I, I don't know if we need to review that at the end of the game. Like how often does this happen that there's a hack kick at the end of the game that may or may not have gone out at a certain time. It's an incredibly niche so incident in our you're, game. You're telling me if the Saints are down by a point in the grand final and that happens, you don't, you're happy with no review and the umpire's call like that should stand? Well, very specific example. Of course, I'd be fuming, but... Well, that's it, why. But I that's mean... That's exactly why. Like integrity. Yeah, but if you're going to have this, you almost have to have it for all all incidents. You can't just have it for last second half chances you got to do it for all half chances at all points in the game it's not half chances it's whether it did or did happen within the time of play but you're saying doing it right at the end of the game i reckon you've got to do it for the whole match end of quarters yeah absolutely but that's what that's end of each quarter i've seen them before where players kick right on the siren and the umpire goes you kicked before i heard it it's like why not just review it everyone's going into their quarter time huddles You've got this bloke upstairs being paid money to do nothing. Just tell us whether it was or wasn't. Yeah, okay. No, I'm with you now because I thought you were you were saying all incidents that could, you know, was that touch before going over the boundary line, all of those are included in in your no, review. No, no, it's no, just no. last it's, second. It's, it's the timing of it with the yeah. with the siren. Yeah, okay. Would, yeah, look, you I, wouldn't I, have I don't have had siren it's... gate down there in, in Tassie. Like <laughs> that sure wouldn't have been did. a thing because because someone would have got word out. Um, it just it just makes so much logical sense to me to use the technology you're already paying a bomb to have the arc review the end of quarter stuff where did they or did they not get it off in time did he hit him higher before the siren or was it a push in the back after the siren like just review it it it, it costs no one anything like there's no time lost the broadcasters are going to review it with an inch of its life anyway at least make sure you've got it right and then let them have the kick I mean, they still have to kick a point on a tough kick. I've, I see a lot of those kicks go straight out of bounds. Um, it, yeah, it reminded me of, uh, I think Hayden Ballantyne had one in a showdown from a similar spot that didn't quite make it. It would have set up a great moment, but I know you were celebrating. No, that's the I said. Let, let's keep it moving. I want to get your take on, well, there's two questions here, but just two teams. The two teams in South Australia, where, where are they at? What do you think of the Crows at the moment? And what do you think of the power? Uh, the Crows, I still can't get a handle on. I thought they'd do better than they did against Richmond. 
but they were miles down, got right back into it, and then Richmond kicked away late, which sort of says, you know, you can't let them let them get out. Um, they're still finding their way, Adelaide. I don't, I don't know what to make. I mean, they lost to the Giants. And the Giants have gone over and lost to West Coast. The West Coast looked pretty ordinary last week. Um, I, I, I think Adelaide. I don't think they're going to win many more games than they did last year. And I said at the start of the year, I, I can't see the improvement coming, and I don't know where it's coming from. Um, Tex has got to be close to retirement. Sloan's a bit. Like he's coming off an ACL, so cut him some slack. But who's who's coming through? Who's taking the mantle? I don't see it, Tom. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, all I can see is you know Rankin, Richelli, Fogarty in that forward line, and that's about it. That, that as an Adelaide fan, that would get me through the gate. But apart from that, it's it's a bit of daylight, and then I don't know what comes next. But what you're looking for from the Crows there? So yeah, they got a lot to work on. Yeah, I, look, they from that premiership not premiership team, that grand final side in 2017, they they didn't sort of think about drafting for the future or anything. They tried to sort of, all right, we're right there in that window. Let's keep going. And they're still feeling the after effects of that. But, you know, they sort of, but I just don't have, I don't see it coming through. Rankin to me, he's not the sort of bloke you push hard for and pay big money to, to bring in. Like they got lucky with Eddie Betts. You go after a lot of small forwards like that, and they're only as good as the the mids and the key forwards that you have. Eddie Betts was a freak. Like Rankin's yeah. in and out of games. And that's just the nature of being a really talented small forward. Sometimes it's not coming down there and you can't do a whole lot about it. You don't they don't look great. The last people on the team to look any good are the small forwards because all they do is run, chase, and tackle. And if one of them's running and the other one's not, well, you just go where the space is. So I question that, but yeah, I, I I see another year of, of of poor footy from them, and and again, don't know if Matthew Nix can coach. I'm going to get to yeah, coaches. I'm still with you on that. I, I don't it's, know if Matty Nix can coach. Yeah, so yeah, I'm with you. I, unproven. I, I'm not sure they've they're a no man's land team for me at the moment, just because I can't work them out. I mean, we think they're improving, but that hasn't happened. So they're definitely in there. Are you just enjoying sticking teams in a no man's land because you think the Saints are not? No, uh, no, no we, don't worry. We're, we're still holding up a red. Well, I don't know if we're in no man's land. I actually couldn't tell you where we're at. I I still can't get a read on us. But we're digressing, Seb. You've naturally pushed me towards the Saints there. Uh, it wasn't just me that time. I'll flip. I'll have a crack at the power because like, I think I said off the top, this is just... This is a Port Adelaide we don't want to see. You know, they get Brisbane at home. That That's a good scalp. But then I know Collingwood are a great team in great form, but but they really didn't give a yelp. And is this what we're going to see from them again? They can beat up on the lower-ranked teams, and when they actually cop a challenge, they they go missing. It, it, it's I'm worried that's the season we're going to see from them again. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, we're giving the no-man's-land thing a real go in this episode, but, you know, they feel like they're at both ends. They've got some real good quality young talent. The senior blokes are pretty solid, but what's in the middle, we don't know. It's just... I know it's round two and it's early with the sample size, but they just seem to me that a team that's going to come between ninth and twelfth, and they didn't change my mind this weekend. Oh, that they were massively in danger for being a team in no man's land. Um, went back to back prelims, very close to a grand final, dropped down, and then then didn't do like what have they brought in? Like what have they done? They're not siphoning off old guys. They that. Yeah, they brought in Jason Horn Francis, who's obviously a, a prodigious young talent, but One they didn't player. say they were going to go after youth. He just wanted to come home, and you're like, well, yeah, of course, we'll find a way to bring you home. Um, so they didn't sort of make that the mantra. So, yeah, they're, they're massively at risk of sitting in that bracket of the ladder, and people thought they might jump up. But even if they were going to jump up, this is not a top four side. No. I, I don't think. I, they looked at it against Brisbane. But now you've seen them against Collingwood. You've seen them twice, and and my reading is they're not they're not that. They could get themselves into seventh, sixth. They could they could have a run and go fifth. And even if they might get top four, I wouldn't put it completely past them yet because they've got talent. But that's the, their limitation is semi final weekend. That's the limit on their team. So what are you going to do? Like how are you going to get better? Because I just don't see it there either. And um, 
yeah, I, I, I just th- their whole direction, and obviously Kenny Hinckley's coached a lot of games now for no grand final appearances. The heat's going to come on him sooner rather than later. I, you know, if you're framing a market, who gets sacked first, Kenny or Stewie? Probably Stewie due. Yeah, Stewie probably. Kenny might be Kenny. in the hunt for the final. As soon as one of them's out of the race for the finals, they're, they're gone. They're, they're absolutely gone. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, that's which a I've been one. wrong a lot with coaches. So just I'll, <laughs> I'll preface it with that. You sniff blood and you you go for it. But yeah, it's such an interesting spot because yeah, you mentioned Horn Francis. I mean, they've got what Butters, Dersma, um, Georgiades, um, Aliyah, Aliyah. You know, there, there's some there's some good quality young talent. But I, yeah, I don't know if they've just missed the window. They they probably should build around those guys now. I think they you know they they're obviously trying to stretch a you know, uh, Boke's career and, and, you know, Ollie Wines will get a few more years out of him, obviously, but it's almost like the, yeah, they're catering towards the wrong end of the list and it's hurting them. So anyway, there's some good air, uh, air time for the South Australian teams. Uh, I think you'll like this one, Seb, because you've potted this bloke a lot, but uh, Logan McDonald kicked five today and uh, Joel Amirati kicked four. My question is, are the Swans better off without Buddy? You know what my response is going to be. Wait till they play an AFL side without Buddy. <laughs> but for the listeners, that that wasn't a setup. This was a genuine question. But you you're sticking with it. Did you watch the game? I caught bits and pieces. I mean, it was yeah, it was one way traffic from the from the get go, and it wasn't exactly going through the Hawthorne goals often. It was it was the Hawks' lowest score for twenty years, not counting um the COVID year, but. They kicked, I think it was two goals very late. Two yeah, goals Rob, late in the picture, Rob right? Did, right at the death. Without those goals, it was their lowest score since the 70s or 60s or something. Like, they were deplorable. Don't have anyone to go there. Um, so it's a disregard game. You, you, this isn't a... Well, you, we you know... You can't judge the question given given the, the turnout. No, you absolutely can't. But we know about Sydney and even Hawthorne before when Buddy was there, they become so much uh, more unpredictable without Franklin. They go over here, they go over there, they're not going to one target. And when you're playing a side like Hawthorne, the one thing, sorry, take Hawthorne out of it. Sorry, Hawks fans, I'll give you a break here. (laughs) Pick any side that's sitting down the bottom of the ladder. So you can throw North Melbourne in there, like whatever. Any side that sits down there, the one time they defense can do all right is when you're predictably doing the same thing because you can start planning for it and setting up. As soon as you start going unpredictable, you're going to throw them out of position. All right, so this time we're going to switch it around and kick into the fat side. All right, so now you start, you can basically set them up. You do it three times in a row, suddenly they've all shifted, then you've got the leading lane straight ahead. Now they don't know what to think and they're doing half of this, half of that, and you start carving them up and that's sort of the thing that happened today. Um, Hawthorne don't have the cattle to go with Sort of anyone. Um, they got some. They got play. They're trying their guts out the players. So, absolutely, you know, fair game to them. But, um, look, if they're playing a final, and 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 they need a goal, and and someone's going to mark it from and kick from just outside fifty. Yeah, what, you know who you're going to there. Yeah, and who can deliver? Let's say Buddy's out. Who takes the kick? Yeah, you'd probably say Heaney would take the kick in that situation. Yeah. Not a proven outside 50 kicker at the best of times. It's Buddy's specialty. But it's not these guys. It's not Logan McDonald. He kicks a lot against the bad teams, I'm telling you. Oh, you reckon I'm a bit of the Josh, Josh Bruce is about it? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Josh Bruce. I'm trying to think of a better name than Josh Bruce, but we'll we'll pigeonhole him in. Um, yeah, that's... They need to see what it's like, though, because whether Buddy may even play on next year, like he's a freak, he will retire at some stage. He might have just had enough, and and they're going to need someone else to sort of carry the torch. But as soon as you get six to eight weeks of watching the Swans without Buddy, you then get a sense of how they're going to play, and then can sort of plan against it. But normally, the first week when a player like that's out, first one to two weeks, a lot harder to sort of plan and set up against them for a back six. So, um, you know, Buddy's back next week. He's going to rest at different times of the year, but unless he gets hurt, you know, it's it's tough to really know the answer to the question. Um, but it'd be interesting if it was against an AFL side. 
the Hawks have copped it. I, 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 we need to put something on the line for this week against them. Uh, oh, next Tom, we may have to can the show next week if North lose this game. <laughs> the mailbag will fill up next week. I'm telling you. I am I, telling you. I know some Hawks fans that'll be ready to load up. I'm that you've put that game uh, yeah, mainstream for me. Uh, next one I've got for you. What what was Melbourne's pitch to Grundy? Because I mean, he was obviously gettable last year. Wanted out of Collingwood. They basically pushed him out because they couldn't manage their salary cap. He goes. He just he did not want to leave Collingwood. Yeah, he didn't want to go. So yeah. you know, obviously a team's got to roll out the red carpet, give him some treatment, show him you know where the club for you. I, I'm guessing. I don't know the budgetary restrictions, but you know, mo- most Victorian teams would have or should have had a crack. Uh, was it as simple as? where the D's and where premiership favourites come and join us. Like, it's it just seems to me, you know, they lose Max Gorn, and who do they bring in? <laughs> Brody Grundy, who was probably a top two ruck not so long ago. They're, it's just a great piece of recruiting from the D's. What do you reckon they uh, sold him on? Oh, well, look, they would have been selling him on this is a great way to finish your career. You know, come and play with us. We're right in the window. Um We've got this game style, you sort of saw it, and they probably would have spoken to him about what they were trying to do with Gorn and Luke Jackson. And this would have been no disrespect to Luke Jackson, but they would have been saying, there are times where he's doing this and this and this. It's great as a young player, but we're a team in the window. You can be in these positions and use your experience and knowledge and the message from the coaches to be doing X, and that's going to help us significantly. We were not that far off. We were just a little bit hurt and run down last year. We are right in that window. And we want you to come over so we can we can basically have a real red hot tilt at the flag for the next two to three years. We see you as fitting right in. But, that- <laughs> but, no, that that's as good as you can get. I'm sitting here, this is a bit Saints hat on. I don't know why we didn't have more of a crack, but I guess we can't compete with that. They are right there in the window. So well, it was I- easy. But I'm just watching the game on Friday night going, Melbourne's lost their inspirational captain and they've brought on a you know, he's probably he's. Would you say, well, maybe not top ten, but he, he he's not he's no slouch. Like just to have that as an option is unbelievable for a team that you know is knocking on that premiership door, and they've added this much quality as a backup. Yeah, but this is where I question. This is where I question it. He's replaced by Darcy Cameron and Collingwood. Are real happy to show him the door. He's only been all Australian twice. Yeah, I don't, I, like this is a little bit health dependent, but like Nat knew he's always been a better ruckman than him. Gorn's been a better ruckman than him. Um, Goldstein would have been better at times. Who else has recently gone well, out? Uh, oh, Wits is a solid ruckman. He plays a lot. Yeah, though. you'd have yeah. Wits ahead of him. Um, Riley O'Brien, Tim English. Like he's he's certainly in the second category of ruckman. And then I'll point to you. Well, I'll point you to Frio. You don't need two Ruckman. Yeah, well, Sean Darcy, we put... Geelong have been looking for Ruckman forever. Reece Stanley's a premiership Ruckman. Yeah. Richmond have, <laughs> Richmond have won flags with Dan Curvis. And you know who their second Ruckman was? Yeah, well, we're going to give Sean Griggs some air time Sean here, Sean Griggs, correct. <laughs> like, you don't need it. And that's why he, they were so happy to move him on. It was a money, monetary restriction as well. And, yep, Melbourne have got a great insurance policy. It's going to help them for the next four weeks. And I think the way Melbourne is set up, they're probably one of the few teams that will use him correctly. But I can see why other teams wouldn't need to go and bring him in. I can really see it. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Look, I'm I'm the opposite. I, I just, yeah, I just, it's an embarrassment of riches. I, I get your point about, you know, the, the value of rucks, but, I mean... I guess maybe it looks better now that it's actually played out as a scenario. He steps in as a ruck and they don't miss a beat. Uh, look, they didn't win the game, so it didn't fully twist the game their way. Um, but just thought it was interesting. I mean, you, you can go back. How, how how good is hindsight after trade week with players you get? Oh, I can't believe we didn't go for this bloke. He turns out to be not so good. Oh, this bloke was underrated, turns out to be a star. So, yeah, hindsight's key for that one. But enjoyed it from the Ds. I've got one last one for you, Seb. Is Nick Clarkey a genuine chance for the Coleman? 
Like you can play this however you want. You can put your full ruse hat on or you can keep your 12 rows back one on. Is he a genuine chance? Look, he should be looking to kick 50 plus, but he needs to work on his hands. He gets his hands to too many balls that he drops and looks around for free kicks, and they're just not there most of the time. Sometimes it feels like he's robbed as a supporter. Like I can admit that, but if you take your hat off and look at it and go, yeah, well, they're not really paying that for Cameron, Kerner, Hawkins, um, you know, pick Ford X. Like they're not really paying it for other Fords. Why would our Ford get it? So that's what he's got to do, and he can take his game to the next level, but he's got to – one of the differences is he's got a running partner. He's got Common, who's in his third game admittedly, but we've got two key forwards now, and we're dominating clearances, getting the ball out of the middle, and and that just helps a little bit as a forward. So he he should be trying to keep himself up there and in it, but he was in the mix round two last year, I think, off the top of my head. So – Jumps out of the gate. Look, that that's probably the query I've got is just his, you know, his age, you know, youthful player and keeping that consistency over a whole season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking fifty plus. That's at least two a game. So, you know, I mean, this was this was a great game kicking. What was it four against you know Freo, who we thought were a top eight side? But yeah, I think that that's my worry. When it gets to the depths of winter, can he can he eke out? you know, fours and threes rather than twos and ones. And well, the thing know, is, how will your team be going at that point of the year? We don't know. He takes every chance he gets. He's a very good set shot on goal. So if he gets three chances, he's typically kicking two to three of them. In these games, he's had six, seven chances and he's made the absolute most of them. So yeah, look, we, you keep a lid on it, but like if you if you're trying to win the Coleman, you might as well have kicked ten after two weeks. Like you might as well start hot. Yeah, it's the best way <laughs> get, to do get it. That lead. Uh, there you go, Jet. You all over these questions. You've been in great touch this ep. Uh, we'll move on to looking ahead. So, well, I want to I want to shoot you with a question. Oh, no, I know. Hit me. I'm I haven't sorry, added I'm to the list, and I really apologise, but it's right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> how important is coaching in the AFL? Like, how Enormous. important is it? Because I'm looking at our two teams in particular, throw Essendon in the mix. Not too many big – well, there's been no high-profile ins for either any of those lists. There's been no big changes in terms of um, players in, improvement, things like that. Like it's, just, it's pretty much been the same list with a bit of tweaking. But suddenly each team's won two games. And like – Tough games like Essendon, you can say have had the easiest draw, but they still got it done, and that's something you can often say the Bombers of the old did not. Um, both out, look, St Kilda have beaten two top eight teams from last year. North have beaten both WA teams, and the first time any team's beaten both WA teams back to back by less than a goal, they can take that to the bank. Um, good, good for said force form. Clarkson, Lyon, um, and Brad Scott. All come in, all proven track record. Two of them have not won a flag, but proven track record is being able to get a list on the right direction, and they've turned it around really quick. I'm with you. It it just it's still something that boggles my mind with our game. We we rarely give the second chance. I know you can trot out the record of premiership coaches, and is it their first or second go? But we we do tend to lose these all this footy knowledge that comes out of the game because we only give them one shot. Sometimes they might bob up as a, an assistant elsewhere, but you find if, you know, like a Don Pike, uh, you know, they, they go to another club and, and lift them instantly. That it's something we should do better as a game is, is keep this knowledge in. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I, I feel like the, the bomber Thompson and, and even Hardwick recently coaches that were probably given time they probably hadn't earned at that stage you know they they look like they were going nowhere they were given a bit of patience and they turned into premiership winning teams it's got teams thinking you know we'll we'll hang on we need the stability but i mean it's an early sample size but you know that breath of fresh air is is absolutely massive for for clubs and yeah i'm I'm loving the track record i mean all three of the teams you've named just look like they've got a new lease on life i mean they all three of them really have no rights to be winning the way they are, given what we've we've seen and known where the lists are at. I mean, we, I think we both had the Roos and the Bombers in the bottom four. You had the Saints down there too, so you got to you got to give it to coaching. I mean, 
I'm going to pat my own team on the back. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, we, we've barely got a forward line, yet we're winning games. You know, like the Bombers, they're missing their key forwards in Wright and Stringer. They're getting the job done. You're an up-and-coming young side. You're going over to Perth and winning games. It's nuts. And it's, yeah, it's that, that new vigour that comes through. And, yeah, I'm with you, Seb. I think it's coaching. It's all down to coaching. Coaching and just setting the culture, culture strong word, but setting a new mindset, I guess, for, for those groups, which starts yeah. at the top. I've been amazed the coaches have got the game plans in sync so quickly. Um, but I guess that's the experience. I mean, they've all coached yeah. 10 plus years in the AFL, so they know what's expected and what they need to do. Um, but I'm as stunned as any other one. I think we're both as stunned as anyone and we support the teams yeah. who, who are making the resurgence. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting Top of the table clash next week, St Kilda Essendon. The first time both sides have played undefeated since '92, I believe. Tom, geez, that is a really good stat. That one. Well, look, I, I've got this game as my game of the round, just really? because it's our uh, yeah surprise, surprise again. Uh, it is our 150th celebration. I've I've got to say, I have no idea why we picked the Bombers as the team we were playing in that anniversary game. You would have thought we play Collingwood, given. We beat them in our one flag as our but, you know team for the anniversary match. But aren't you wearing the jumper you wore that day? Correct. Which wasn't that Collingwood's jumper. <laughs> yep, uh, that, that's the classic photo of us doing the lap of honour in the Collingwood stripe. We we, I mean Collingwood oh. don't even let the power wear their uh, prison bars. Uh, so I'm well, not sure we get away with it. That's what I was going to ask. How how did you get that ticked off? But it's it's not that jumper, is what you're telling me. No, it's no. Go go out there and have a look. It is a classic jumper. Should be our home strip. It's got the crest way larger than the advertising sponsor, which I love, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to pick a club that's probably tormented us over the 150 year journey, it's probably the bombers. So whether or not it's a, the beginning of a new era, uh, but I would have thought Collingwood would have been a good match, but not to take away. This is now a, a second V third. It's going to, you know, we're at the G for this one, a Saints home game at the G, which should be a permanent thing. It's going to be a massive 70 plus thousand. Awesome night. Two undefeated teams going at it can't top that. That's where the Saints hat on. If if you want me to put my uh, 12 rows back hat on, I'm loving Swans, Ds at the MCG. That's my game of the round. Really? So you're ignoring the showdown and the derby and also Richmond Collingwood Friday night at the G. Fourth the G. V, sixth. If you we, want to. We, look, we, we've got to pump around, but you, you can't go past that. I mean, the D's premiership favourites for mine, playing the Swans, you know, made last year's granny, That that's just intriguing for me. This is probably the first test we'll see the Swans get so far this year. You know, was it an aberration for the D's? Uh, yep, it's my game of the round, Seb. I mean, there's interest, obviously, in all the others that you named. I mean, they're, I guess, genuine rivalries as well, but yeah, that this is it's a bit of a stacked round. Apart from the early game on Sunday. Uh, Yeah, but Geelong wouldn't want to be losing that, Tom. You wouldn't want to be travelling up there and and dropping it. True. So, look, I mean, mean, we've given Ruse v Hawks more airtime than I think any media outlet will. So, I mean, maybe Giants-Carlton, but Carlton are intrigued, whatever. So, there's there's literally not really a, a game this round that you couldn't couldn't get some enjoyment out of it. It's it's a unbelievable round. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great spot to be, Tom, as as footy fans. Um, and then obviously the week after you've got the Easter round, so you have got the Brisbane Collingwood, um, Geelong Hawthorne, and North are hosting Carlton, and what looks like both teams might be somewhat decent, but I think I might be putting the cart ahead of the horse. <laughs> the ruse there the is well and truly that. off. Oh, we're looking around four. Don't worry about that. <laughs> No, it, it, look, it's massive. But like, I actually now I'm looking at it. The, the, it's legit nine. Well, maybe seven out of nine games with a high amount of intrigue for me. So, how often can you say that? I mean, there will be rounds later in the year where it's real dry, probably around the buy time. But we've got a real special round coming up. I'm pumped. Now, it's, it's the finals implications for me. Yeah, that really get like these things ticking. Like Geelong zero and three. Like uh, Eagles could beat the Dockers and the Dockers go 0 and 3 and you almost go well yeah the best you're going to do is 7th like you're not you're not going any higher than that um, the dogs could get belted at Marvel and they're well, 0 and 3 with no percentage like like that's dogs you know, win that they're both 1 and 2 yeah it, 
Melbourne, Sydney. Melbourne win. They're both two and one. Melbourne lose. They're one and two. And you know, they've got, sort of got to get moving. So, um, it, it, I've got to admit, it makes tipping tough. Yeah, true. Got a shocker this week. Yeah, I actually tipped the Blues, which was probably my only saving grace, but got one on the comp. But yeah, it, it's it's bloody tricky. That's the way the AFL's wanted it. They've done it brilliantly. Let's hope we get more rounds like it. Yep, uh, very much looking forward to it, Tom. We'll be here next week to cover it. It's what we do best, Seb. I'm looking forward to it.